Megan, I'm not going to pretend that there are easy solutions. People have been trying hard to close this gap to deliver better education to Indigenous students for many years. Welcome to the Grattan Podcast Channel. You're with Megan from the Grattan Institute, and today we're discussing Australia's efforts to close the gap. Ten years after the Closing the Gap initiative was introduced to attempt to improve health, educational and employment outcomes for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, research suggests that whilst it's been a priority for all Australian governments, the data does not indicate it's been all that successful. The Closing the Gap Refresh initiative has invited submissions to gain insights on the future of the Closing the Gap initiative, what's worked and what needs improvement. Grattan Institute has provided a submission to contribute to the refresh process, which reports some bleak findings. Joining us today to talk through our submission is School Education Program Director Pete Goss. Welcome, Pete. Good morning, Megan. Pete, let's talk a little bit about the Closing the Gap initiative. I mentioned in my intro we're now at the 10-year mark. Can you tell us a little more about what it is and the current refresh process? Educational employment health outcomes for Indigenous peoples have long lagged behind non-Indigenous people in Australia. Ten years ago, the then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd and opposition leader Brendan Nelson jointly agreed with other governments to try and have what we might call a full court press to really try and address some of these most difficult and intractable issues. They set some challenging targets. They've been following that and reporting that on every year. There have been investments in that. I will leave it to others to say whether those investments have or have not been consistent enough. But as we look at the situation 10 years in, the next report will be released on Monday by the Prime Minister. The overall message is we're not on track to meet those targets that we set and that's why the refresh process has come up to say we really need to do better. What's that better going to look like? And what uh, have been the metrics used to measure something like, say, the school outcomes? There are seven targets overall, and three of them relate to school education. The first one is, are Indigenous students attending school at the same rates? Unfortunately there, there hasn't been any improvement over the last few years. There's better news for, our, for whether Indigenous students are completing Year 12. It's called attainment, but that means completing Year 12 or an equivalent. And more Indigenous students have actually been finishing school, and that's a positive thing. The third target is around the skills that the students have, and in particular in the core areas of literacy and numeracy that are foundations for all other learning and life. And there, they've been using NAPLAN data, the National Assessment Program in Literacy and Numeracy, the one students sit every year or every year three, five, seven, and nine. They've been using the data from that to say what proportion of students, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous, are meeting the minimum standard, and that's something that has been set. And then trying to see, are those proportions getting closer together? Is that gap being closed? Unfortunately, it's not a very good metric. Mm. So why is it that you think this particular target hasn't been very helpful? Measuring the proportion of students who are above a minimum standard treats all students as being in one of two groups. You're either below 
or you're above. And if you're above, then you're treated effectively equally. But that's just not true. Students who have really high level reading, writing and numeracy skills do better in school and they do better in life than those who just scraped it over, scraped over the bar. So firstly, it doesn't make that distinction. Secondly, the minimum standard bar, as I've written in a previous report called widening gaps, is far too low. A year nine student can pass that minimum standard even if they're below the, la the level of the average year five student. Now, when those results have been reported on, the messages have not been good at a national level last year. Um, we were only on track to close the gap by 50% was the, the previous target by 2018. Um, we were only on track in year nine numeracy, but the report said that a number of states and territories were on track in different metrics at different year levels. Unfortunately, although that's not a good picture, it's misleadingly optimistic. Mm. The use of this minimum standard is obscuring the reality of what's happening for many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students. Our metric takes the average score in NAPLAN so that all students' results contribute and convert that into something that's easier to understand. What's the equivalent year level that they were working at? That means that if Indigenous students are above the minimum threshold, it still matters how far above. Mm. What we find there is that the gaps are really quite enormous. That on average, in year three, Indigenous students are about 1.2 years behind. Mm -hmm. That gap grows as they move through school so that by year nine, in numeracy I'm talking about here, the gap is about three years. Wow. That means that the average Indigenous student across Australia in year nine is operating at the performance in these NAPLAN tests at about the level of a typical year six student who's not Indigenous. Mm. That's numeracy. Reading is a little bit worse than that, 3.4 years as a gap. Writing is even worse again, about 4.2 years. Gosh. These are truly huge gaps. Mm. And the difference being able to read and write at a year nine average level or a year five average level is transformative in what that means in the opportunity to have a job and to make positive choices about your own life. Gosh, right. Are there any signs of improvement? Has it gone some way to making it better? So here we need to dig underneath the data. Mm. Now, that's the national picture. Without wanting to uh, depress the listeners too much, the full information is on our website and available. Um, the picture is bad in the cities and it gets worse the further out you get. But when we dig underneath that data, I'm interested not only in, his, in how big the gap is, but also are Indigenous students learning more now than they would have been eight, ten years ago when NAPLAN started? And looking at it in that way, there are some improvements. That's good. In numeracy in particular, Year 9 students in most states are learning, the Indigenous Year 9 students are learning about nine months more by the time they get to Year 9 than they would have done back in 2010. That's a big step in the right direction. That should be applauded. That reflects hard work by a myriad of teachers and others around the country. Um, it's not enough to close the gap, hmm. but that is an improvement. In reading, there are some improvements. It's not quite as consistent, but 
non-Indigenous students are also improving, and so the gap is really not changing much at all. And in writing, everybody's going backwards, but maybe that's a story for another day. Mm, definitely, yep. Um, so what can we do about it? What recommendations do you suggest for future Closing the Gap initiatives to try and actually get to those targets? Megan, I'm not going to pretend that there are easy solutions. People have been trying hard to close this gap, to deliver better education to Indigenous students for many years. It's important that teachers maintain high expectations that every student can learn, whether they're Indigenous or not. That's a starting point for all of education. But I offer three suggestions. The first is that if we're really going to make a make a dent in this enormous challenge, we have to be honest with ourselves about what's actually happening in our country. That means setting a target that more accurately reflects how big the gap is in meaningful sense. I'm arguing that the next round of targets done through part of this refresh process, we should keep a target for literacy and numeracy, but that should be closing the gap in what equivalent year level the students are working at. In particular, halving that gap by 2025 and if we can do that then we can aim to cut it further again in the next decade. It will take many years to close a gap of this size. The second thing that we can do is pay much more attention to those places that are breaking the mould and there are places that are doing better than these overall numbers would suggest. Mm. Some individual schools and actually some areas very remote students in New South Wales actually have done better in reading and writing and numeracy, and they're the only ones who've done a whole lot better in writing. They are statistically significant improvements. Other researchers should be looking at that to say, well, what are they doing there? Are there lessons for other places? Anywhere we can improve at scale is worth learning from. Now, I understand they're not very satisfying responses. You know, first measure the target, second do more research. <laughs> I offer cautiously one practical suggestion for the short and medium term. It's not the long-term solution, which is to get this right in primary school. But this data reinforces that in year seven and year nine, very many indigenous students are not working at a secondary school level. They are functionally working at the level of an early to mid primary school student. They are writing, reading, doing maths at the level of a grade two, three, roughly student. That means they need to be taught at that level. There's no point trying to write an essay on Shakespeare if you're still working out how to write sentences or a paragraph. Definitely. Secondary school teachers are not trained to teach in that way. They're trained to teach subjects rather than to teach the basic foundations but the students actually need to be taught at that level. So as a system, educational systems, we need to make sure that the secondary school teachers have the capabilities, the time, the tools and the training in order to meet those students where they're currently learning. And I'll give one final practical example. We have an intern at the moment, her name is Amy. She is a primary school teacher in West Australia who's chosen to spend some of her summer working with Grattan Institute. Recently, she was sent up to spend some time in a secondary school in Fitzroy Crossing, which is in Western Australia on the border with the Northern Territory, quite remote. She was working in that secondary school to train some of the other teachers in how do you teach basic reading, writing and numeracy. And while she was there, the 
put in, to move beyond just the, those statistical numbers, Amy talks about teaching the year 10 students who genuinely were reading at a grade two level. She's a primary school teacher. She's qualified to make that judgment. Now, this is a band-aid. It's an admission of our failure to say that we need to be teaching some of these students primary school stuff when they're in year nine. But if that's where they're ready to learn, that's what we should do. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you for your time today, Pete. Um, this research certainly highlights some alarming findings, which hopefully the Closing the Gap Refresh initiative can address. If you'd like to download a copy of Grattan's submission to the initiative, head to our website, grattan.edu.au. As always, you can stay up to date with all of Grattan's news, reports and events by subscribing to our Twitter at Grattan Inst or on Facebook, Grattan Institute. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then help your friends to find it by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating or review. Thanks for listening. Grattan Institute is uniquely positioned to bring an independent, rigorous and practical lens to big issues in public policy, with the capacity to talk honestly to both sides of politics. We maintain this unique position through the generosity of the public and our affiliate companies. If you would like to find out more about contributing to our continued independence, head to our website to donate, grattan.edu.au. This has been a Grattan Institute podcast. If you want to hear more, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes.